It was all a pipe dream Watching bodyboarding up on TV Deep at reef, watching tension repeats Eating bakery feeds at 18 Living the dream with no sunscreen Yeah, we were so keen Surfing Aussie pipe Buying Riptide Eating shit pies Hey, welcome to the Riptide Bodyboarding Podcast The home of bodyboarding Thank you for joining us on our episode 10 of our verbal journaling And I'm your host, Luke O'Connor Well, today I'm perched up here in beautiful... Cloudy, unfortunately, Russellvale on a chilly Friday afternoon. I've got probably one of the best big wave bodyboarders to ever grace our sport. And he's a father of two. He's an absolute legend and just an all-round wizard at anything he does. I'd just like to welcome Brendan Newton to the potty. How are you, bruv? Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, Luke O'Connor. Thanks for the... Uh, encouraging int- introduction and um, yeah it's it's wonderful to sit on a Riptide podcast because Riptide <coughs> was our lives and um, it's nice to see it, some energy being thrown back into the Riptide brand and um, with the Elliots taking it so I'm looking forward to the conversation I always enjoy having a having a good chat open chat yeah, and I'm glad you um, got us in person, man, because a lot of the ones we do just, you know, over the phone, and it's epic to be able to do it face-to-face yeah. and have a good yarn. And we can even cheers. There you go. Uh, yeah. We've <laughs> <laughs> got to definitely have a drink after that. <laughs> and speaking about Riptide, and obviously being the Riptide podcast, I can I always remember, and it's um, cemented in my brain, your cover shot at the was it the yellow bird islands that's yeah, what they yeah. called back in the day yeah because canaries. they didn't want to blow out the canaries yeah. yeah can you run us through that day and and how it all unfolded because that wave was fucked up yeah so i it's probably worth talking about the gravity of the situation for me because i um had committed to going to university after a gap year the gap year during which i Travelled to WA in the Ford Econovan with Harry Dixon and Jay Channon. We stayed for two and a half months in Margs and Surf Box and North Point and that. And then, you know, I was really sort of starting to sort of find my flow and trying to get media attention for bodyboarding. But I knew that the next March I was going to do med science at Wollongong. And, and it was during that January following where I got a big shippies one and was soon published as a spread in Riptide and then I went into all these lectures and I was just like, fucking hell, what am I doing? I was in all these big lectures listening to some cunt up the front talking about <laughs> something that I was, I was stretching up the back, I was so restless and I just remember going to Chopu in that mid-year break um, of uni and getting it like 12 foot fucking blowing out so big and so good and i remember scooping the second biggest day like 10 15 barrels in a row like eight footers and i was just thought this is the most magical fucking thing i've ever seen and my whole life just felt like so i was like on cloud nine i didn't know how good it could feel to to be bodyboarding in those kind of waves and i was riding them really well i had it this natural scoop that kind of happened and I kept on scooping them day after day at Chopes and I came home. Hang on, just quickly, do you reckon that scoop just naturally happened or 
your obsession with bodyboarding over time and picking it apart, you just develop such a good technique. Because honestly, you do have one of the best scoops in the game, by far. Yeah, interesting. I, I've always been a really tactile, kind of sensitive person, so I think that probably feeds into my physicality. But I, I worshipped um, Spencer and the way I loved the way that he, he laid down the back of his board and put double elbow on the heavy, like, heaviest point of the scoop, like double elbow laying right back over the bat tail. Like, yeah. I used to watch that all the time, and I just thought that was a really cool way to ride. It just felt like it's kind of like your body surfing at the bottom of the barrel, and then you, you've kind of, you know, vert up your body and then sit in the pit and it has influenced so many people man it's the most functional way to do it for sure because you are harnessing all that energy but you're not have a chance to to get thrown over the front of the board and you're getting a rail in at the same time because Mm. you're becoming like one with that face yeah it has its downsides because guys like Winnie that free fall from 12 foot conies is like he jumps and gets more speed down the line and I remember shooting fisheye with Mickey Smith 2004 at Chopu he was sort of like Hardy would drive past him and get really nice under the rail fisheye shots, whereas I'd scoop, go down first and then across, and it was harder to shoot those cool shots. And he was saying how weird, how different it was to shoot Hardy compared to me. So it's a, it's got different functions, yeah. For sure, yeah. And yeah, so when that sort of scoop evolved. I think it was naturally influenced by the bat tail. I always wanted to be different and I wanted to ride waves with a weird style. Like I didn't want to be conventional. So that's why I always went to bat tails when Mad Dog and all that were doing like clip tails and whatever. I always wanted to just try something different. I think maybe that's part of my personality. But then those scoops started being real functional at Chopu, particularly on the days when I went over there mid-year, first year of uni, and the last day I was at Chopu, there was this really serendipitous moment where Alan Ives um, and two other buddies came out, and as loaded as this, you know, this narrative is, it's a true narrative, they came and they prayed for me and they said, you're going to be a bodyboarder that leads the industry, and um, I was like, yeah, sweet, you know, kind of was excited, but I didn't really know what that meant. And I remember on the plane on the way home, I made up in my mind that I was going to quit uni and do bodyboarding professionally. And that was a really big decision because all of my high school years, I had a lot of expectation on me that I was going to go to uni and be, you know, have a solid living because that's what my mum and dad worked really hard for. I mean, their families weren't rich, so they had to work super hard to go through uni and get good jobs, and they fucking did it. Like, they raised three kids, we had everything we needed, um, and... You live in one of the most expensive parts of Sydney. Exactly, yeah, so we bought in Terry Hills, when it was pretty, you know, cheap in Terry Hills compared to Monovar, but, like, they worked really hard, and they saw that pathway for us as a necessity, like, to get a good job... Well, I had to go to uni and, and and figure out a plan if I was going to have a family one day in the future, which I'm guessing they saw as maybe my likely future, I was going to have to fucking follow that uni path. 
And how did they cop you not and going in? So on the plane on the way home from Chopes, uh, two thousand and three it would have been June. I um yeah, I decided I was gonna tell my dad and I remember really working hard in my head and how I was gonna sort of talk about that and I talked about it and um Were you nervous? Yeah, I was nervous and but I knew so fucking sure I knew that that, that was the right decision because every part of my being was like, if I get this shot, I'm going to do everything in the world to be a pro because I knew the only other thing to prove that I was making a good decision was to get media exposure and actually get paid for bodyboarding, which was, you know, not a profitable thing to do. Um, if I had played the business end of it, I could have done that, but I, then my mind wasn't in that anyway. So It was your passion. It was my passion. I just thought it was the most important thing for me to... So I think that decision to quit uni um, fueled the, the fire even more, more greatly because I knew that I had pretty much six months to prove that if I was going to make this thing or not. And... In my head, you know, I take those decisions really seriously and um, I'm a particular kind of personality where it's like I respect my parents, I respect how much they put into me, you know, doing uni. And my dad did everything. He bought me cars to go on surf trips. He helped me decked out vans to, to go down to Tassie before the trip. He, he went down to Wollongong and secured me accommodation for university with some grandma for cheap so that I could live near the beach and go to uni. Like, he was doing everything. What a legend. So I was like, I was pretty tied in to the whole, like, I need to honour this, like, yeah. this whole scene. Um, but I was then just had scooped 28 foot barrels and I was like, I could do this thing for, as a pro, like, I, th- I think I can and, so well, if you made twenty eight foot barrels, man, I yeah. think you were sold. And yeah, yeah, sold I was sold. Out. I knew I could do it. And um, one of the other clinching factors was like Chris Warren, who I'd grew up watching on videos. He was out there that day, and he said to me after one of the barrels, he goes, "Oh, you got this down." And I was like, "Yeah, I fucking do." Like you know, <laughs> and I knew that I was like, I just felt magic. I felt like I was just dancing. That's and, a big um, compliment. Yeah, and so then um. Yeah, it was, then it was literally, I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to do the world tour, and then I've got to fucking get the biggest barrels in the world, and then, so I tried both, the world tour didn't work for me, because I just couldn't kind of do it, I didn't, I went to Portugal, got like quarters or something, and I was like, fuck, what am I going to do, I'm not going to go pro doing this. It's so gnarly <laughs> yeah. competition, man, then, it's so gnarly. Yeah, and then, um, and then Canaries came up, where Mickey invited me over there, and I didn't even know, like, much about it. I just knew that I was meeting Mickey over there. And then I got off the airplane, and there was fucking Mitch Rawlins, Michael Crawley, Ben Player, Toins. I was like, fuck, all right? And um, I knew from that moment, I was like, every swell, every big wave I'm going to get now, I just fucking need to make the most of this. And as soon as the biggest swell came, it was, like, onshore and shit, and I was, like, fucking running down the cliff, paddling out on my... Um, with my bodies on and did and, anyone else paddle out with you? Uh, I think one person followed me. Um, 
There was one Canarian guy and one other person followed me. Like, Rollins paddled out later. Yeah. Right. Or, or, or with me. I, don't, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. But I remember me, you know, he was a childhood hero. It was me and Rollins going wave for wave. Yeah. And I remember just thinking, fuck this. I'm going to get the biggest barrel I can find. And how big was it, man? Um, it was like 10 to 15 foot, yeah. but like onshore and, and front sloppy. On, like, yeah, like sloppy. the heaviest wave yeah. in the world. It wasn't super west swell, so there's a couple of gnarly ones. And, and I remember... But this is what I was made for. I remember feeling like all right I, I can read this wave you know it's a slab it's like a horseshoe slab i just got to get a kick in like a little wedge and then i'm scoop and i just got to sit in this fucking big barrel and get barreled and get a cover shot i have to do this and um because i'd been to portugal i'd done all that shit and i didn't do any good in the comps and i was like if i'm going to be pro i've got to do this and um but it wasn't just that driving me the photos. It was like, it was this whole this holistic approach of like, I need a. Like this is my life now. I'm just gonna prove it to my dad and prove it to everyone else that um, that I can do this thing. And and when there's that much weighing on, it, it's like, I had this um, other sense in my life. I always grew, grown up trusting and like trusting in a higher power and I. For me, it was it was true that I would always be okay. Um, I felt so in my flow that it didn't matter what way, but I was always going to follow my instinct and not do stupid things. But when I was sitting at that wedgy sort of horseshoe front on with these big slabs spitting and stuff, I was like, this is my fucking zone. And I started scooping every wave I could. And, and then, you were super comfortable. Yeah, yeah, it was just mm. my zone. And... Like, even if I got slammed on that cover wave, like, that was one of the first waves I caught at the session. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. I just kept on surfing, and then I got a double-page spread that session, then I got another double-page spread, and then, um, yeah, like, just, I just had a whole session, and I remember just walking up, and Ben Player, like, getting out of the hire car, and I walked up from the side town up front on, and I was just like, I'm done. I fucking did it. Yeah. And what did he say? Was Ben just amazing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, yeah, you're really ripping out there, Brendo. Because um, yeah. he's like pretty critical, I think, at that time of his life. Like, yeah. Well, he's a perfectionist. Yeah, he's pretty critical. And yeah. like, you know, I hated that whole like, oh, like Brendo's the big wave charger. He can't do flips and stuff. And, and um, Did he watch ABC? Yeah, yeah. I'm so, joking. No, no, but ben, that was but obviously you know, later. That's after oh, I was popped later. a lot of that. Oh, yeah, sweet, so sweet, that's sweet. where I went gnarly on my flips and tried to show people that I could do stuff. But... For, for everyone listening at home, ABC <laughs> is a blank canvas and it's a trip with Harry Dixon, Brendan Newton, and um, Adam, Benwell. Adam Benwell, Crashy. And oh my goodness, it's probably one of my favourite movies ever to watch in a bodyboarding sense. Yeah, thanks, man. It was, it was the next stage after that Canaries trip. Because we knew, me and Mickey knew we could do cool shit. And then we like, alright, cool, if Rawlins and Ben are doing all this, like, we can do something with, like, more soul and and try to match it with their moves too, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's what we tried to do. Oh, and it was wild. It yeah. was wild, that trip, dude. It was, you know, one of the funniest things I'll always remember about the movie. The surfing was amazing, all the locations. I love how Mickey Smith changed the names of places yeah. and almost made this narrative in, in, in the movie itself where you're on this mystical journey and it all it all tied in so well. Yeah. But the funniest moment for me, and I'm pretty sure it was you, just correct me if I'm wrong, someone blew up the oven or the... Yeah, fucking Harry. Oh, Harry, Harry, sweet. Mm. Oh, my goodness, mm. man. When I saw that 
and watching as a girl, I'm, yeah. I was just like, this is classic. Yeah. Just having fun. Yeah, yeah. They're searching out waves. Yeah. And they're just... And that time you were in um, Ireland and you were carrying on in the bars. Yeah, yeah. So sick, man. Yeah, yeah. It was sick. It was amazing. Just, yeah, in, like, innocent, like, having a crack, doing drug trials for money and, like, just... Yeah, it was what cool. Were the, what were the drug trials like? I don't I know. know. I never went to them. I stayed and tried to get waves. Yeah. Um, but... Because I know Harry's done yeah, a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He loves yeah. it. Yeah. It's just, yeah... It was it was great. It was really great. And um Do you feel like that trip um really made you believe I know the Canary trip was very validating, but the ABC journey, did that make you believe after seeing the movie come out and how well it was put together that you're meant to be a pro bodyboarder? Yeah, well once I achieved that, my O C D started to get really bad. Um and my mind changed from this really pure drive to being really obsessed and really sick in my mind. Um, so that, for me, my life started to get really fucked up and really hard. Um, so that was a big transition zone for me. Um, yeah, life got really scary. Um, it was exciting. I wish I could have continued enjoying the high of, you know, being that fun pro bodyboarder and doing that, but I... Yeah, I got really sick in my mind. Yeah. Tell us about that. How did um, that eventuate? So it was right after ABC? Yeah, it's weird, you know. I One idea I've got in my mind is that like when I achieved everything I wanted to, it's almost like my body said it was too good to be true and I had to find something to fuck me up. Like, that's one narrative. The other narrative is like, like, that's probably the dominant narrative, and, and that's the scary part of, like, probably, like, basing your self-worth on external achievements, because then the personality I've got, like, it kind of imploded, and mm. I then got really sick, so I, um, the details of it is that I've always been quite obsessive, and, um, to the point where I've displayed obsessive, compulsive behaviors but it got really bad when i dedicated my life to god to jesus and Mm -hmm. i was like i saw this one preaching thing that brandon foster showed me on abc trip in madeira and i thought fuck i better give my life to this thing because otherwise i'm not actually being true Mm. and i the way that the preacher sold it was like yeah, you can fully commit your life to to God. And I know this sounds fucked up and funky to many people. They'd be, like, listening in their earpods going, oh, but it's just a religion and it's, like, brainwashing and stuff like that. Like, I get all that, but... The no, but stage, it's a belief system yeah, yeah. also, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a, and people put yeah. their faith in ideological beliefs all the time, yeah. whether it be modern medicine, whether it be religion, hmm. whether it be even a sporting team. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's belief systems yeah. there. Yeah, so I, I um, had always believed in God and that had been a really deep faith of mine, but I'd always manipulated and... Not manipulated, I'd always been super flex with it and really enjoying trusting. Trust was like the big foundation for me, scooping big barrels or doing gnarly things in my childhood. Um, my faith it was like all throughout like the way I saw my family and the world and as I grew as a youngster, like it really was a great um, reliance. But when it 
institutionalized in this Christian sense, this like modern Christian say the sinner's prayer, commit yourself to Jesus, your sins will be healed. It it really like my obsession, my obsessive impulsive just hooked onto that, and I I couldn't I couldn't function. Mm. I couldn't say the sinner's prayer properly. So I said it thousands and thousands and thousands of times. There was one time when I was marching around a bungalow, fucking 1am in Portugal on, like, what would have otherwise been, like, this euphoric professional bodyboarding trip. Like, I'd been flown over there by a sponsor to surf Nazare, and, like, I was just living this life with these cool locals, and, like, just, in it's an amazing opportunity, but I'm, like, sweating, heart-pumping, like, marching around this bungalow trying to say the sinner's prayer properly fucking losing my mind because the nature of OCD is you do something and you always you have an intrusive thought that you didn't do it properly or you didn't say it properly mm-hmm. or you didn't check it properly um, and pure OCD which is a um, a subset category of OCD which I find very helpful to mention because it's a different um it's a different thing in many ways where it's just a mental cycle. So you don't actually physically check things, you mentally check things. So you're living this fucking train wreck of a checking system in your brain with like the most highest anxiety levels um, all day long. So it's like you're revving the motor out at eight, ten thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought to myself sometimes like, Man, I'm gonna spend twenty years trying to heal my brain after this because this is fucked. Mm. I'm 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 cooking myself, but I knew. But then I still couldn't get out of it. I was on the plane going from country to country surfing, hiding in the in the toilet on the plane. So scared. I was so fucking terrified. Isn't that isn't that amazing to hear? Because from my point of view, obviously you know idolizing you going up and realizing your skill in the water and every time i've seen you in big waves i'm just like he's the man but to think that you're also dealing on the other end of the scale with such terrifying mental issues Mm. at the time like you know it it, it honestly just it just feeds back into you don't realize what other people are going through and Mm. you need to be aware about it all given stage because they can be giving off this aura like you Mm. were Mm. and i'm not saying you were trying to hide it but Mm. the, the 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 job you were doing was amazing because mm. we just thought you were a pro boarder absolutely killing it and you mm. had no fear and you were just keen to go. Yeah. I mean, for the first couple of years I was, um, but I think towards the end of my career, I was well aware of my OCD. I was receiving treatment. I had to fly back from Mickey Smith's house um, 2005 just because I admitted to myself that I was fucked and I had to go to a doctor and get medicine, get help. I was fucked, like, completely, like, cooked. Was there anything without the medicine at the time that did help? Any sort of technique? No. Nothing? I fucking tried everything, bro. So you just had to just run with it on a day-to-day basis? Like, were you sleeping? I was, like, knocking myself out by probably batting off or, like, just Mm. trying to get some sort of, like, some sort of, like, knocking myself out and then waking up and the, before I'd even open my eyes the thoughts would be there it's so bad man intrusive thoughts like your worst possible fear like am I a pedophile suddenly you're a pedophile like it's so so scary yeah 
Um, Mental clarity, eh? It's just such a tough battle for everyone. Yeah. Like, in so many stages of the life, you know? Yeah. Like, even even myself, over the last two and a half years of COVID, like, I definitely went to a pretty dark spot there for a bit. Okay. Massively, you know? And, like, me and Loz did, and we kind of have clawed our way out in the last six months or so. But, yeah, there were stages there where... Um, we were inside our own heads. We were upset with the world. We felt like we were being poorly treat, treated, mm. which you know, rightly or wrongly, um, things things happened in that in that whole process during the the lockdowns and the vaccinations. That um, some things we agreed on, some things we, we we didn't, and we were all for people making their own choices. But we just felt like we couldn't make our own choices, mm. and we felt like we we're being pushed into a corner. Mm. Yeah, man. So I and and I've been lucky enough to have Loz and and other family members around me have good chats with me and, and talk me back to a more of a, you know, um, even being. I guess like on the plane, just sitting there happily. Okay. I've started doing a lot more breathing, doing a fair bit of Wim Hof. I know you were showing me the ice bath out the back. I've been mm. doing a lot more of them. Mm. But yeah, like I, I only got a smidgen of what you went through mm. every day, man, and it was it was fucked. Yeah. I agree with you. Everyone's different, and everyone has their has their challenges. I I completely agree, and I think there's a risk sometimes to uh, romanticize particular illnesses on po- podcast chats, for example. Um, but I'm a, like a massive um, spokesperson for um, being completely open book in terms of mental um, ailments, and I think it's I think it's really really important doesn't matter if you're rich or poor or live in Australia or fucking Uganda. It's, yeah, it's, it's really important we listen and stay open to each other because um, the mind is a minefield and it's it can... And then also life circumstances like grief and other mm. things. Um, and your mind is so powerful. It yeah, can yeah. just wander off and do its own thing and you need to constantly have a, for me anyway, a routine that puts it back in check. Sure. So you can not control it and not manipulate your own mind, but manage it in a sense that's going to be positive instead of negative. Mm. I agree. And well, you mentioned um, routine. One of my saving graces was I ended up getting a job, a uh, full-time job um, in 2014. And that was really helpful, although it was really painful. For me, it was really helpful because I knew eight hours a day I had a job to do. And I, you know... Every fortnight, money would come in and I'd be able to pay rent. And then I could have some enough to pay for a psychologist. And um, that was a really big part of my life. And other countries, you don't have that stability, for example. Yeah. Or other lifestyles or cultures that don't have the stability. Like, don't have the resources. On don't hand. have the resources. Um, I imagine um, things could get more chaotic. Um, so that was a real saving period for me. Um, not saying it's the only way to get out of mental turmoil, but yeah, the routine really helped for sure. But yeah. these chats right here and now, yeah. putting that out on the table and being honest yeah. is is so key. Like you said, it's almost not like we're having a therapy session, but we are identifying those things through via communication yeah. that could help other people try to get through those exact things. Yeah, totally. There's a lot of shame in the world. Like if I was gay or trans, or if I was you know, anti-vax or vac, whatever, like, there's a lot of shame, and I think shame is the, sort of underpins or is the the prerequisite for alienation, and I think that could, it just damages people, and I think there's a probably, 
a bit of a um, a coolness um, endemic that's happening throughout our lives as as surfers and bodyboarders like we we figure if we're cool or we're not cool oh man and social media facades yeah yeah. where people just putting themselves out on the net as one thing yeah but living a completely different life on the on the outside or the inside sorry yeah 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 so there's that 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 creates shame and uh, isolation too and um and we're all built to be connected i i I really believe it. Like we, we want to connect. We want to chat to each other. We want to feel good around each other. We want to feel validated that, you know, we're we've got some value on the earth, and I think it's great. I'm I'm well into it. I don't give a fuck if it's therapy or not therapy. Like that's yeah. just life. Like yeah, yeah. And you feel like within the bodyboarding community, the surfing community, you've been able to to reach out to people and talk about those things. Has yeah, yeah. Time? It's mostly from a selfish point of view. I just like talking honestly with yeah. people. Um, but do you think that's selfish though, man? Because I feel like that's genuine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel yeah, like yeah. That's, yeah. that's super positive because too many people this day and age hide behind opinions that they hold but they don't want to put out to the rest of the world because they're scared, as you said, yeah. of being ashamed. Yeah. Or ashamed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It is scary being honest, especially when there's like loads of trauma um for example if i'm an aboriginal kid in this country they you know maybe grew up um maybe missed a few through family circumstances missed a few years and maybe your literacy numeracy is not so good putting my hand up in class is a pretty fucked up mm. shame when you get it wrong you're probably not going to do it again if the teacher set laughs at you yeah, no. so like stuff like that um there's barriers to talking i get that totally but yeah getting in everyone everyone's sort of worlds and making them feel comfortable to talk is what I'm trying to do with the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah and the Grey Space is doing a great job, man. Yeah. It really it's, is. Yeah, thank you. Shout out to it, it's epic. <laughs> I, I enjoy listening to it. Thanks, man. Dude, um, like with the with the OCD and obviously the time in the water, was there, there calmness and clarity found through that time in the water or was it just constantly those thoughts? Could oh, you switch off? I think, well, I think part of the formula for me was... Um, going out in really dangerous waves was a was a, a type of self medication. Like yeah. um, so you know, at the most dangerous elements of my career, um, that was one one spot where I'd find peace. You know, because um, there was life or death, and it's like you don't need to think about anything. You know, it's like um, relying on whether you can position yourself in the lineup and scoop a wave. They're the only two jobs. Like, yeah. and then everything else is like up to God and I find that really relieving <laughs> what was like the biggest challenge in the water in regards to waves like what was the scariest wave that you faced well funnily enough it's like a headspace thing or a flow state thing if you're in your flow state like you can move 15 foot waves and you can be sweet mm. but um, if you're not in your flow state and you feel um, nervous or life's out of hand and you hit the reef and hurt your bones or like something like that, even if it's three foot, that can be scarier than the 15 foot session. For sure. So it's like a headspace thing. You look at Lily Pollard, man, she's had so many big waves in her career and yeah. she's, she's tackled so many cool, amazing things, yet she breaks her back or injures her spine, I, I need to clarify that, at one to two foot mystics. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. look at that situation where maybe she wasn't in the flow state yeah. and I'm just speaking, yeah. you know, in, in, in generalities here and yeah, kind yeah. of just constructing it maybe she wasn't in that state but then in other sessions where she's gone you know i'm just gonna put it all out there and absolutely nail this and she's she's tuned in she's Mm. mentally focused Mm. compared to just 
having to kick around at miss six and then a mishap happens. Totally, know? yeah. I agree. It's um Yeah. I I it's a weird scene that we sort of go, Oh, how great is that big wave when it's a little bit of a like a an anecdote or a metaphor for life. Like we've got moments walking down the street, looking at flowers. Like that's normal. I'm just like dropping my kid to school, but they're as magical, as miraculous as you know um, a ten foot pipe session. But we seem to romanticise the ten foot pipe session because it's just like sexy or something. Is it like, going to give you the most views on Instagram? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Hit? <laughs> or something like yeah, just. Like I know I'm getting quite serious now, but it's it's real. Like it's I, real, I, I actually think that life is magical in its in its like the small moments, and then you've got all these celebrated moments, which I'm working hard not to not to chase in my life. Now. Get carried away. With yeah, it. yeah, because mm. you can spend years chasing shit. And never be happy. It's like you're sitting here with your two beautiful kids and Libby, everything's all cruisy, and you're having a beautiful day, you've, you've done X, Y, and Z, and family time's just overflowing. Then you see a swell over in Chopes, yeah. and then your mind can wander saying, yeah, yeah. Well, what if I just hopped on a plane totally. and made that happen? Yeah. You know? And the grass is always greener. It's, always. It's the human condition. It's, it's fucked up. We're so narcissistic, <laughs> man. We always focus on like the most negative point of view. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we shoo away all the positives. Like you could be 80, 90% positive for the day. Yeah. But if you had one blunder, you'll go home and your mind will instantly tune into that and yeah. go, and what could we've done better? And which is good because that's obviously progression there and you can push forward as a human because you're going to learn from your mistakes. But why focus so heavily on the one negative yeah. when there was millions of positives? Yeah, I'd, I'd actually argue there's more progression in being fully content in um, the wonderful small things like the smell of the garden or whatever. Like, I think you progress more as a human there. It's counterintuitive though because you feel like you have to work hard and self-criticize to yeah. progress. I actually think if we're brave enough to accept and enjoy there's more progression is that society just incarcerating us in that point of view you know because it's like you need to you know like every every time that you had like a, a soccer coach or you had a teacher yeah tell you that you need to work on this thing yeah. but didn't really give you the credit for that stuff that yeah. you did really well there too. yeah 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 and you, you hone yeah. in that we life. berate ourselves and that's why i went heavy into ocd it's like my life's too good i'm a pro bodyboarder 21 years old living my absolute dreams got the girl of my dreams and i need to fuck myself up with ocd now i need to like check i need to commit myself to christianity i need to march around that bungalow i need to like try to make my surfing better like i need to you know i need to quiet the cynics you know all that shit it's like we're chasing stuff we don't need to chase yeah for sure yeah for sure and you get all muddled up in it all and then you, you miss what's there in front of you totally yeah, and I mean, it's easy to say I'm I'm a perfect candidate for not looking at what's in front of me, so I haven't got it sorted, but I've got an inkling. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, isn't that just life's pursuit too, trying to get it sorted? You probably never will ever get it <laughs> sorted, you know? True. It's constantly just kind of just almost like a lure. It's in front of you, you're the fish, and you're trying to know about it, but it's just getting pulled away, pulled away, pulled away, pulled yeah. away. Yeah. Drawing you. Maybe drawing getting you. comfortable just being... Close but not there. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. But yeah. there is a beauty in that a little bit. Totally. Because again, that's probably back to my point. Well, I agree with yours. It, it is it is excellent to be positive and you can progress from that. 
But then there always is that little niggling thing in the back of your head that you want to get better at that might have had a negative connotation but can then flow into a positive one as, as long as sure. you, you master it, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's, it's deep, but it almost sounds like a grey space podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you turned off at the home of the grey space. Turn up such a beautiful place too, eh? Hey? Far out, man. This is a family We can home. talk boogie more if you want, I don't mind. Yeah. It's just natural conversation. Yeah, it is, yeah. it is, it is. It's good, man. Well, talking about Bergen and talking about um, your time in the water lately, I know you've been shooting a fair bit. Mm-hmm. How's that been going? Um, good, because it doesn't have the baggage associated with trying to get the biggest wave. Yeah. Yeah, I can almost get uh, every set of the day and be hooting at people, and it's like this real liberating thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been enjoying that. Trying to get close to the shockwave with a little 24mm lens or something shorter and um, I live in a good spot where a good heavy wave out the front and yeah it's just one way to enjoy the water I'm so psyched but Roland's invited me to the found pool thing and he said you got to come back because we need you there and I was like what what do you mean you need me there I just fucking sat in the lineup and then he's like no your energy's am- like amazing and I was like yeah like someone saying that to me it was really so, oh, yeah, I do fucking love it. Like, yeah. I really enjoy hooting people into waves and trying to shoot under their rail, and, like, it's just so fun. Yeah. Did you ever think you could be on the other side of the lens? Good question. I think it was a teenage to the mid, like, young 20s thing, wanting to be the hero. Yeah. Um, But once I got past that, absolutely. I love the creative aspect of... And then you're also, like, pretty physical. You're in the game. You know, you're, like, the director of the movie, you know? Like, you're fucking there. And you've got to be yeah. as physical as, yeah, yeah, as an yeah. athlete, like, as a surfer yeah. bodybuilder, because yeah. you need to be paddling through closeout sets. Yeah. You need to be ducking under shockwaves. Yeah, like. and it's cool watching, you know, good surfers and bodyboarders paddle past you and you're like, bro, like, get deeper on that next one or, like, try to ride over the shocky or, like, you know, try to, like, scoop harder or, like, you know... Just shit like that, and then they go another one, another one. You yell, you scream at them into it. Like, yeah. I'm heaps vocal. Like, um, yeah, when sets come, and yeah. Talking about positive times in the water, man. What's the most negative one? Have you ever had a huge blow up in the water? Yeah, good question. Um, oh, Like, I get gutted and depressed when people tease me or, like, um, hassle, like, or, you know, um, when you get told to go in or, like, told certain things. I learned how to handle that a little bit over the years. Um, Where was the worst spot, though? I'm um, almost thinking Hawaii. Hawaii, yeah. Hawaii. Um... But in terms of negative experiences, I've always been pretty positive because I've felt like a bit of a king in the lineup. I always feel really strong and and safe. Like even if it's like Kobe Abaddon sort of getting gnarly or or Tamayo Perry, I've always felt really strong and safe. That's like, actually so funny you yeah. just mentioned that about Kobe. Oh, I'd forgotten that 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 incident, man. Which one? The one at Cape. Yeah. Well, I've had a couple. <laughs> Have you? Yeah. Oh, what yeah. was the one before that? Or um, after? Richie Vass chased me at the zone. I hadn't even been surfing, but... Um, some, 
He yeah. chased you on foot? Yeah, on foot. It was really scary and unnerving, yeah. Bro, he's an MMA fighter. Yeah, I know. Well, it's just scary more in the social setting, like, feel like being picked on, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Why was he chasing you? Uh, I think Kobe told him to chase me. Wow. Because I was a bodyboarder and um, I think Kobe's car got keyed by a bodyboarder that day. Yeah. yeah. And so this was in the car park? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. Yeah, it was like scary and just not nice. And how did it end? Like, how far did he chase you? Well, it fucking ended when I was sitting in a 10-foot lineup at, at Chippy's and I paddled up to Richie. I was like, bro, like, two weeks ago, or whatever it was, two months ago, you chased me and now you're trying to be my friend. Like, it's super strange, this whole dynamic. And he sort of laughed, like, awkwardly and, like, shook my hand. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, that's probably the best apology you would get out of a bra boy, for sure. Yeah. At the time, anyway. Like, I've had dealings with Mark and Richie since. Not Kobe, because obviously he's overseas, but they've seemed to have mellowed out a lot. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. It's like the, like anything, it's a system we grew up in. It's not the individuals. For sure. Yeah. And was Kobe at that chip? I session? actually like Kobe. Like, I think he's a good character um, in 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 all these eccentricities. Like, I think he's a cool character. I'm fascinated with him. Like, What fascinates you about Kobe? Oh, he's a kid He's had a... <sighs> the most gnarly of childhood. Mm. Like, the fucking most gnarly. Like, and um, I've heard stories that are private stories where a friend of mine has um, cared for him in a situation where it's like, a five-year-old, you would never want your five-year-old to go through this stuff. So, like, I've got empathy, and we're all just a product of our um, our context, you know? Environment, yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel you. Yeah. It's really cool you can't have empathy there, because a lot of people don't towards him. Oh, totally. When it's scary and he's been a dickhead, like, it's, um, it's very hard. But I'm fascinated with his character in that he's, he's built a persona that allows him to navigate the world in some sense you know even if it is bully culture you know like it's, mm. it's fascinating yeah definitely yeah. and he, you know hats off to him in, in certain ways i've had run-ins with him too so i'm not too fond of kobe but i do recognize that his feats in the water when he was um at his peak were were, were astronomical they pretty were cool yeah yeah they were pretty cool yeah i'll definitely give it to him though some of the when i watched the bra boy movie um, I really noticed like how hard they chased it, especially that WA session, and you know they, those toe-ins mm. coming where they were surfing. But in, anyway, like he's, yeah, he's definitely a character. He's well put. It's a mm. character. What yeah, he's definitely a pussy compared to like me and uh, Adam Benwell and other things in, ter- in terms of the water. Like, I don't think he's, um, I don't think he's that brave. Um, I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> Do you reckon? <laughs> nah, he's probably brave. He's um, uh, he he didn't he didn't fully accomplish as gnarly things as on uh, his whole persona things fascinates me. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for yeah. sure. <laughs> I know where you're going with the two, and I I I, I definitely agree. In a, in a surfing sense, he, he pushed himself, but comparison to what bodyboarders were doing at the time, it, yeah, it didn't compare. Yeah, yeah, like, no. it's good you towed in behind the peak at. Okay, but yeah, bro, know. like paddle fifteen k's out at sea and take off on one, like yeah, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> Speaking about those sessions out on the um the acapella of islands down there off the the tip of the southwestern WA, 
Are they some of your scariest moments in the water? Oh, Just being like the isolation. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting you're saying that. Some of my scariest moments have always been interpersonal where I've felt little and, and teased. So there was one time when Bryce blew up. I remember we were on the road project and I remember my vision as as green as I was as a as a sort of a movie producer or whatever. I one of my visions was to record everything. Like make sure we record everything. So like even all the like little weird weird bits, like all the little convos, the back talk, like all the all the all the blow ups, everything. Just record everything. Yeah. And um that was my vision for it. We didn't have the equipment to do it, but I just remember one flat day we hadn't scored yet and I was saying to Bryce like let's um let's just film shit. Like let's go spear fishing and just film shit. Like and he's like oh, like and he was <laughs> He's like, it's like you fucking don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> and he was like blowing up, and I just felt so small. And I remember Hezzy stuck up for me. He's like, "Hey boys, like Brendo fucking spelt this out at the start of the trip. Like he said all this stuff, and he wrote it to you. Like it's there. Mm. Don't turn on him now. Like." And I remember that was really helpful that Hezzy stuck up, stuck up for me because I was really nervous, like with like big personalities. Yeah. You know, I'd just taken on the biggest 20 grand venture of my life. For sure. And they were the leaders of the sport at the time. Yeah, yeah. Regards to exploration yeah, and yeah. scouring the coastline of Australia. Yeah, yeah. So it was like all that tension, that that stuff's the nerve-wracking stuff. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Very So, n- like, nothing in the water. See, that's amazing, Brenda, when yeah. you, you, you say that back to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Nerve-wracking in the water. As in, like, from the session that, say, you've had... Yeah, I know what you're saying, like, whether you drowned or hit the rocks or whatever. Yeah. But all those things are, like, drenched in adrenaline and mission and, like, all that. Like, they're, like, wonderful narratives that, like, were... Like, I was... My body was thriving, you know, like... I wasn't feeling defeated. You see how you're geared differently to other people. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. know, you you would you would say that to some people, and they would just look at you and be like, "I, yeah, I can't." I get much more that. scared when someone writes me off than I was in the ocean on my own. But don't you ever call yeah. back on those moments when you did conquer those those such mammoth occasions in the water and just think, "Well, these person's comments are just are just are just nothing." No, but that's the way I'm wired. I suppose it's when I'm conditioned. I grew up wanting people to like me. Uh, and I remember being so fervent on like trying to get people to like me when I was young, and I suppose that was I conditioned myself that way. Um, yeah, okay. As you know, for better or for worse, like that's yeah. just that was what made me tick. The other stuff was like, um, yeah, more natural. What was um, it like being a bodyboarder growing up in Mona Vale? Um, yeah, it's cool. We had a couple of dickheads that really gave me hell and my family hell but um so other than that there was a lot of cool people that you know Trent Mitchell um a lot of the guys that went to Hawaii early days sort of helped me feel comfortable Tate Martin yeah um but there was just like any town there's like this there's always a few people you don't particularly click with yeah of course yeah. yeah well i guess you know as humans we're we're, we're not going to click with everyone yeah i'd like to say that i'm like would able to i'm able to click with people and forgive people and stuff but 
I'm just trying to be honest too. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> man. And you, you, you're being real with yourself, but to absolve those sort of feelings over a period of time is not an easy thing. And if they've they've made you who you are today, you're always going to resent them in certain ways. Do you know what sure, I mean? Sure, sure. Like I look back on some of the things that happened to me when I was young, and they were meant to happen, but I definitely still resent some of the things. I remember in primary school, one individual used to always try and break me and one of my best friends up. And it was like, I look back on it now and... I see where he is and the type of person he's turned into and I had to deal with those challenges but I didn't want to and yeah. I kind of wish they didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I could have had maybe another more like flourishing relationship with, with this bloke and we'd still be friends now which we're not. You know what I mean? Like my best friend. If yeah. he, if that other individual wasn't there sure, trying sure. to wedge a little dagger in Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. There's these life's littered with those yeah, Those I know. Moments. I know. Do you, you want to have a pit stop? Yeah, for sure. Bro. <laughs> no I need a week. Yeah, happy days. We'll be back in two seconds. <laughs> All right, and we're back. Um, I just wanted to ask you straight off the bat, man. With your bat tails compared to the crescents at the time, what did you feel the advantage was using those sort of um, shaped tail pieces in, in in regards to surfing big waves, or just how you surfed in general? Um, I don't know. I, I think is. I don't know. I, I reckon there was a bunch of variables. So I used to always emulate those thick element of P bat tails that Skipper rode. Yeah. And Ross McBride rode. And I thought, I actually think the buoyancy of them, those thick ones and the bat tail, the way those guys let the board dictate all they do is like manipulate their body around that this big board, and I th- fucking looks it looks so cool. I reckon. Yeah. Um, but when I started getting bat tails and thinner bat tails, like from QCD and stuff, like I was trying to mix like a more like front end style, like more right angle upright style with like a, a kind of layback scoop, whereas so it was a kind of a combination. Um, it's it's funny, you know, like, I'm sure Skip just rode those boards because they were just pumped out of this factory and got sent to him and they were, like, 42-inch bat tail, thick pieces of, like, polypro things, like, and he just, like, danced on them, you know? Yeah. Um. So, it's just weird, you know, like, you can get technical with boards and stuff, but he just got what he was given and he rode them like, like an absolute masterclass. Yeah, he did. And... So, but then you can go like, oh, I want a thin, like, dow board with, you know, all the right contours and all the right things, and you can probably, like, shred technically, which is proven by multiple people, Hardy and Rawlins, and the way that, you know, some cats have been able to throw their spins around and stuff, which is great. But, yeah, that's my, that's my, um... Um, common commentary on bat tails. Yeah, <laughs> like sick. I just think those old skipper boards. I left one in a car park at Foster that Skip gave me, and it got taken. I just wish I still had it. Um, I'm, wow. going, I'm going to Hawaii in um, two months, and I somehow going to try to orchestrate going past Skip's house and trying to find a board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sweet. Like the same, like the same old thick board. Yeah, um, 
But then again, like, that's probably just me living in the past. Maybe I just need to take what Factory gives me and, and work out my own dance. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But, you know, the tradesman can't blame the tools, so to speak. But I do look back on the older products and think to myself, those were the glory days. And you think of Dow. Yeah. Like, where's Dow gone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean... Yeah. Technically, spinning, flipping doing these crazy like like things that Rollins does and stuff but he doesn't give a fuck about what he writes yeah he writes 43 inch polypros now does he like doesn't give a shit bat tail and he hacks lips on two foot waves like hacks them but he is a super freak yeah he's a super freak but it's I think he's mental resilience knowing that he can hack anything yeah is half the issue yeah for sure like it's not his products, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think we're killing ourselves if we th- think we've got to get the right Dow product to 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 somehow scoop. Like, what are you riding at the moment? One of Rollins's boards, but like I rode a forty-three inch Ben Player at this little slab the other day, and it felt so fucking good. Yeah, really. And it's like two inches bigger than I'm, well, yeah. one and a half inches of. Well, I went up um, an inch this year too, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I frothed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frothed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Huge difference. I was landing way more moves. Yeah, I wasn't, yeah, yeah. Like coming down off yeah. ARSs or whatever I thought was a backflip yeah. at the time, and um, wasn't catching edges. You know what I mean? It spins in the pit a bit harder though. Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. there's, there's yeah. more surface area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't be as tight and yeah. tight and whatever. Yeah, but so yeah, like the it's sacrifice of different things. For are, sure, yeah, yeah. and in smaller waves, man, like it makes you want to boog more. Like for, for me, I sometimes pick up a stand up. Yeah, yeah. the waves are smaller. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. I want to continue to boog yeah, more because you get more flow. Yeah. More flow, yeah, more yeah, speed, yeah. more ability to you know maybe Rollins on or something forty three inch. You can carve the hell out of a face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny though, I sat with Rollins at the wave pool after surfing for ages and he's like, he's like, bro, it doesn't matter what you write. <laughs> and he owns a bodywork company. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. just like, it's just a bit of foam and you just rip it. <laughs> just buy it. Just buy whatever you get your hands on, dude. <laughs> it's so good. Go down to Vinny's, pick yourself just up. Just pick a up a board and start surfing. Yeah, true. Just get out of the water. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to admit that there are people that probably kind of do go too heavily to the critique of a board and being like, okay, X, Y, and Z, you know, yeah. I need this, I need that. Maybe it's a mental thing. They start playing in their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely know. a mental thing. Yeah. I don't know, though. Like... Because don't you have boards <laughs> stacked up here that have been your favourites and you've never let them go? No, I give... I've got another problem. I'd give every one of my bodyboards away. Wow. I think it's something to do with I don't want to be attached to it like I just need to give it away I don't want to own it like mm. I've given every one of my bodyboards away so there's there's full yeah. Brennan Newton customs out there yeah all over the place mostly in Aboriginal communities on the south coast yeah see. <laughs> I've given a couple of boards down a pile yeah, yeah. yeah I had one stolen I've given two away cool yeah 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 I reckon you give it away one comes back to you eventually for sure yeah and it's promoting bodyboarding yeah you know just get on the boot yeah just love it. Live it, love it. <laughs> Do you reckon you'll ever go any bigger than a 43? Uh, Might just want to take the front door off the hinges over <laughs> here, you know? 43, probably not bigger than a 43. You want to have a bit of, like, bit of legs in the water and a little bit of, um... Yeah, you want to be able to access the water service, I reckon. Yeah. I don't know. Grizzler would, would argue that you could ride a nine-foot wave, a nine-foot board, but, um... 
Oh, how, how is he on those? He's like, good at it. Yeah. Those those long ma- um, softies, unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> what does he call it again? What's the term? Longburg. Yeah, Longburg. Incredible man. Has he had any out of your special Rafe? Yeah. On a Longburg. Yeah, yeah. He's, he he's um. I think it's his way of handling the mundanity of Boogan. Yeah, because he's done it. Because he's so done long. it for so long, and he's mastered it. Yeah, and so he masters new skills. He's a full waterman. He's like, a he's waterman. Fit yeah. as yeah. fuck that yeah. bloke. Like Jesus Christ! <laughs> Have you all like you always look at him? You kind of think to yourself, "Yeah, you just eating small children, bro. Like, what's, <laughs> what's the go? Like it's insane." Grizzly. Oh, crazy, crazy! I always remember in um, I think it was the first um rip movie. That's the first time I'd ever seen him smoke anything or like vape you know what I mean oh yeah yeah I just because I've always seen him as a picture of health he should be on the front of like the men's health magazine you know yeah. and then I saw that and I was just like oh yeah he's got a bit of fucking grunge <laughs> a bit of grunge <laughs> a bit of grunge brother yeah you definitely need a bit of grunge oh you'd be the grit you know <laughs> I listened to that uh, swelling podcast with um, Vaughn Deadly and Jed Smith just yep. because you know surfing's one thing I'd, I'd way rather a boog podcast like that but the way they talk man and the colloquialism they use in their language is fucked up good like it's just full Australian like banter and it's just like the 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 way they they raise and lower their tone and, and all the shit they go on it's hilarious man uh, if yeah. you got if you yeah I've listened to a few of them yeah I like them yeah um, I liked it until um Dion in, inadvertently wrote off bodyboarding but, um, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> he Dion didn't defend it, let's just say that. No. <laughs> um, was it Dion Agus? Yeah, I love the guy. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. I just thought with his connection um, with the drag stuff, that it'd be all... Yeah, no, no, he's as cool as, whatever. It's just like, the undertone, it's the system we're brought up in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I like, his dad it. didn't want him to bodyboard or something, and they laughed at it. And... Yeah. Uh, I'm a sensitive guy. No, 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 dude. I'm the same. I got the shits when they were doing a live potty and Griffin Colapinto, who's on the world tour for any boogs listening at home on the WSL, he was talking about a session out of the box that he was frothing on and was looking over at the comp. He was at he was at um, main break. Mm. He was seeing the boxes firing all day and whatever. And Harley Ward was out there. Mm. It's been Harley. I think he's still living in WA. Yeah, I remember this one, yeah. Yeah, and so... In, they're in this live podcast, right? And they're all having a yarn and, and, and they're talking about this session and Griffin's up on stage. And then Griffin goes to mention that, you know, oh, I was frothing so hard, I got straight out there and my um, eagerness just got the better of me and I just I just, um, I just dropped in on this, this, um, this boogie border, you know, and I was just like, I was uh, like, he got bowed and then I kind of got flipped and, 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 and compressed down the reef and whatever, but it's just like, who cares? It's just like a butt, it's like a boogie border. Like, and he kind of said that or something along those yeah. lines, don't quote me, yeah. but just wrote it off. And I'm just like, do you, like, I know you're from California. I yeah. Know <laughs> I know you, what disadvantage you've come from. Yeah, yeah I understand, <laughs> but you haven't had your mind open yet. But like, fuck me, dead man. Yeah, Have a bit of humility. It's disgusting. Like, yeah, yeah, it is disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah. I hate that shit. And, and in Cronulla, it was huge for ages, bro. Huge. I know in, in, everywhere it was, but I mean, like, I remember being at Cronulla Point when I was younger. 
and the shit they used to call like training for the Shark Island trials. Hmm. You know the point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bro, it was just out of control. It's disgusting. It's full disgusting. Yeah. It's discrimination at its finest. Yeah. It is. It's disgusting. And I like getting up close and personal with those people that are sort of leading that stuff. Uh, looking them in the eye and like figuring them out. Like, they're just like, little scared humans trying to claim their little patch of land. Oh, man, the insecurities <laughs> coming out massively in the water, eh? Yeah. yeah. That's a good way of putting it, putting it. Yeah. You know, they are just trying to claim something. Mm. Well, yeah, I've got five questions here I try and ask... Um, Every guest, man, and they, they literally are just real quick ones. And I think we've already sorted out the first one. I'm going to ask it anyway. Mm-hmm. Crescent or bat tail? Um, yeah, oh, doesn't really matter. Rollins spec. It doesn't, that doesn't that just doesn't matter. matter. Like, take what you get. Whatever the LMNP P factory sends you. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever skips right now. Yeah. Time, hey, fuck, I'll say that. Ramp or pit? Oh, you sort of have to go to the shorey when you're grown. The feeling of getting in the pits is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. it is amazing. The time warp. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've what did you say? Time warp? It's a time warp. It you're is, always eh? in there and just stand still. It does, eh? And it, um, I, we interviewed What's So Not, um, Chris Emerson, uh, only a little bit ago, and he made the point of saying that what other sport can you, you know, wrap yourself in a cylindrical water tube, you know? Like... Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like a time warp. Yeah. yeah, there's water sports out there. Yeah. But with surfing and bodyboarding and Nilo and, and um, I guess stand up paddleboarding to a certain degree, like you're inside yeah. a braking cylindrical wave. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. Not like you're just playing on the top of the surface or yeah. you're diving below it. Like yeah. you're running with energy. Totally. Yeah. That's why I scream at those two footers at the urban surf. It's just so fucking cool. Yeah, it's yeah. trippy sitting there and just watching them play over all it's day. It's amazing, eh? Yeah. I enjoy just sitting there having a beer, man. I could have stayed there all day. Yeah. We actually almost did. We, we, we had a session there, and we had the first session in the morning, and we had another one to, an hour after, and then I tried to stay and book in all the other sessions. We didn't leave there till 4.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> Couldn't get into any fucking sessions. And Jack Baker got into two. He was sweet-talking yeah, some yeah, Sheila yeah, on the yeah, front yeah, counter. Yeah. I could not believe it. Yeah, yeah. You know it's so I mean? fun. Yeah. He was even... He, he Silence. Um, dolphin cut fins or other design fins? <laughs> dolphin cut... Um, 100%. I just grew up using the... Like... The Churchills and the Dolphin, it works well. It works really well. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you um, have to rip your leash off and go under real big waves. The whole Dolphin thing, like butterfly kick, fucking state carnival butterfly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, just that whole manoeuvre is really helpful. I've gone under like 20-foot chopper ones. Yeah. Doing the Dolphin? Doing the Dolphin, yeah. Yeah, wow. Like 20 metres under the water, like fucking deep. And wow. like right under. Yeah, okay, so that's a that's a real good push for dolphins and dolphins. Dolphin fin cut. Um beach your reef. Um I reckon you become a better bodyboarder at beaches. Agreed. But um like reef reefs are so novel. Proofs in the pudding yeah. with with your first comment in regards yeah, to yeah, the yeah. boogs. Like yeah. look at all the Sunny Coast boys. Yeah, yeah. All the They're timing boys. and everything. Oh yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Critical. Yeah. Last but not least, bicep or wrist leash? Oh, I've always grown up bicep. I reckon wrists like flap around too much, but yeah. I mean, it is cool to wear a gyro, gyro and 
be like Stuart, but I just I like the um the bicep. Yeah, I'm the same though. Yeah. Just keep it out of the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just lock it underneath. Yeah, yeah, lock it underneath, and then when you can swim, you can swim. You know, you don't have to drag the board. Yeah, yeah. The wrist leash is just like yeah. It's, it's looks cool, cool if you're Rollins cool. in 2004. Yeah, or Sam Bennett really cool. in like 2010, yeah. 11. Yeah, I was into that. It does look cool, but it's you know. Yeah. <laughs> Alright man, well we might wrap this up. I just right. wanted to thank you for coming with Rippy Potty and it was a great chat man, we covered various topics and it's cool to do it in the, the warmth of your home. Sick man. Thanks for coming by and um letting me talk and be honest. Yeah, it was definitely an honest space. Cool. I kinda of shared a couple of things that I normally wouldn't have, so it was it was really nice. It was all a pipe dream Watching bodyboarding up on TV Deep at reef watching tension repeats Eating bakery feeds at 18 Living the dream